Thank you very much, Deb, for that introduction. So once again, my name is Tim Huo. I'm a field application scientist here at Kaiju Digital Insights. And today we're going to look at how to use hybrid capture technology to detect pathogens and analyze variants using Kaiju's CLC genomics workbench. So before we begin, just a legal disclaimer that the Kaiju products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications. And these products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. Uh, we try to keep these webinars interactive. So thank you very much for those of you who participated in the pre-meeting feedback polls. We will be launching additional polls throughout the webinar so that I can get feedback uh, as we progress through today's presentation. If you have any questions during today's presentation, please feel free to use the Q&A box. On the call, I have Sean, Araceli, and Deb, who would be more than happy to answer any scientific questions you may have regarding CLC Genomics Workbench. I also have on the call today, Brittany, who will be more than happy to answer any licensing questions you may have. From time to time, I'll be asking for the raised hand button. So if you can go ahead and press that raised hand button, that would be greatly appreciated, just so I can know that it's working uh, for today's training. Great, I can see many of you locating that button, that raise hand button. Thank you very much for participating. And once again, after today's training, please feel free to click on the registration link below. So it's provided here as well as slide number three. You will have to refill your information, but once you have refilled out the information, today's recording will be available on demand. So let's get started today. I can see from the pre-meeting poll that many of you have not used CLC Genomics Workbench in the past. So we will be doing a quick overview of the software. And for those of you who have used it for mapping reads, for variant calling, for AMR analysis, thank you very much for using the software. It's great to see that it's been used and being used uh, widely for different applications. We will then be looking at how to run the Analyze Kaiaseq XHive viral panel workflow. So we'll be learning how to import our data, how to download our databases, how to set up the analysis, and how to interpret the results. We will then look at how to construct a custom reference database so that we can combine that custom reference database to analyze a custom panel for additional analysis. So what is hybrid capture technology and why do we use it? So if we can think about hybrid capture, sequencing microbial genomes and genes can be notoriously problematic, especially for wastewater samples. So many of you in the audience may be looking at how to apply our next generation sequencing technology to detect pathogens of interest in samples such as wastewater. Processing these samples may be difficult because of the complexity of wastewater samples or because of the environment that these DNA and RNA are residing in. So having a way to capture and to enrich for these targets would help us detect our microbial targets of interest. In addition, viral genomes can vary immensely in morphology, in composition, in size, in genomic organization, so sometimes with traditional shotgun sequencing and metagenomics, 
it's very difficult to detect some of our microbial targets of interest. As well, the low copy numbers or high viral mutation rates can reduce the sensitivity and efficacy of amplicon-based enrichment methods. So having the hybrid capture technology can not only allow for us for high sensitivity, but the probe-based enrich enrichment of targets can allow us to detect our microbial targets of interest. So here at Kyogen, we have the technology to provide you from extracting the RNA to DNA, preparing your libraries for hybrid capture. Once you have sequenced those samples using a te uh, NGS technology of interest, we can analyze that data coming off of the sequencer uh, as FASTQs using CLC Genomics Workbench. So Kyogen has provided solutions from the extraction, from the library prep and hybridization, as well as the data analysis part. And of course, today we'll be focused on the data analysis part. But if you're interested in some of the solutions upstream, such as extractions, as well as the XHive and library prep, please feel free to contact us and we'll get you in touch with the appropriate um, life sciences team members and genomics members to help you optimize your protocol. For those of you in the audience who may be new to CLC Genomics Workbench, the software is a powerful solution that works for everyone, not, no matter your bioinformatics background or your molecular biology needs. So although today we're going to be focused on the hybrid capture workflows, CLC Genomics Workbench is used by scientists like yourselves for molecular biology applications such as BLAST, primer design, cloning, for those of you who may be doing RNA-seq and sql cell RNA-seq, we have pipelines for those applications as well. We also have additional applications for metagenomics as well as microbial typing. And some of you in the pre-meeting poll have indicated that you do use these additional tools. We also have tools for de novo genome assembly as well as variant detections as well. So as you can see, within one software, you get numerous numbers of tools to analyze your next generation sequencing data. And once again, focusing on the microbial genomics module, today we'll be focused on hybrid capture technology, but you also have tools available for taxonomic analysis, for amplicon-based 16S, 18S, ITS analysis, for typing and epidemiology for MLST. We have long reads de novo assembly support. Many of you probably have used some kind of SARS-CoV-2 workflow and an extensive number of databases for you to download. CLC Genomics Workbench has been used by many in the scientific field and have been published in various different publications from looking at how HPV integration sites um, is mapped, looking at SARS-CoV-2, looking at different um, pathogens and multi-drug resistance, as well as various different pathogens in wastewater treatment plants as well. So as you can see, CLC in the metagenomics area has been extensively used and published as well.
So why would one consider using CLG Genomics Workbench? So first, it's quite easy to use. And hopefully by the end of today's webinar, many of you would agree that it is easy to use and to set up your analysis. By using a graphical interface, user interface, scientists do not have to learn command line and have computational biology background to run their analysis from their hybrid capture. The wizard-driven analysis will guide users along. And once you're familiar with the tools within CLC Genomics Workbench, you can use the pipeline editor as well as the pre-built workflows to construct your own modules. At the end of the analysis, users will generate publication-ready graphics. And you also have extensive tutorials, such as ones that have been listed by Dev at the beginning of the slide deck, as well as bioinformatics help to help you analyze your data. The software is compatible with Windows, Mac, as well as Linux, providing you with different options to use the software. So what are some of the results that we can expect to produce at the end of the hybrid capture analysis? Many users, such as yourselves, want to know what species are present in their samples. And by running the Chi-Seq X-Hive viral panel analysis, users can determine the relative abundance of the different species for their different panels. In addition, users can use the metadata to group these samples together to see whether there are differences amongst the different samples. So in this example, these samples are collected from various different locations listed on the right-hand side here. And what we can do is we can group these samples together so that the technical triplicates can be collapsed into one so that we can see whether there are any similar similarities or differences amongst these different samples. In addition to visualizing these as a graph, we can also access the OTU abundance table, as well as produce a starburst plot uh, associated with these data as well. Users can also look at the variants that are detected to see whether these variants are in protein-coding genes and whether they have any amino acid changes. Additional analysis include looking at alpha diversity to see how diverse a particular sample is relative to others in, in terms of the species abundance. We can look at beta diversity to look at how the samples are closely or distantly related to one another in a TCA, PCA plot. We can also generate a heat map to see the differential abundance amongst the different samples. We can use the metadata to see how these samples are grouped with one another. And what are the species that are available to detect the various different differences that we can see. So all of the all of those results are produced from an X hybrid I X hybrid Chi-Seq panel. But we can also use the software for a custom panel as well. So in this case, what we have done is generated results from a custom panel where the scientist has spiked in various different samples for a custom panel design.
So with all of these different views that I have shown you, I'm going to launch an illustration feedback poll to see whether these are the types of results that you're expected to see from a hybrid capture technology data analysis. If there are additional result types that you're expecting that you did not see today, please feel free to use the Q&A box below so that scientists on the team such as Dev, Araceli, and Sean can guide you and show you if there are ways to use the software to generate these different results. So what are additional results that one can produce from the Kaiaseq X hybrid workflow? Every workflow and every tool within CLC Genomics Workbench, we can generate a quality control report. In this case, we can look at the trimming from our reads and the quality before and after trimming. We'll be going over additional details of the QC report that also includes various different taxonomic profiling information as well. Every results within CLC Genomics Workbench also has a log report attached to the analysis. So in this example, what users can get is all of the parameters used for this particular taxonomic profiling. So many customers that I've worked with in the public health sphere really appreciate the fact that log reports are generated automatically. So this allows them to leave a audit trail for all of their different sample processing and sample analysis. So I see from the pre-meeting polls that many of you have indicated that you may be processing hundreds or even thousands of samples. For those of you who are processing a lot of samples, Kyogen CLC Genomics Enterprise Solutions may be something to consider. So although the tools are built for accessing and running the analysis on a standard laptop or a workstation, for those of you who may have a lot of samples or need a decreased turnaround time, you can access CLC Genomics Workbench through a CLC Genomics server, leveraging your own HPC hardware to allow for faster turnaround time and to process large number of samples. The CLC Genomics server also allows for users to wrap external applications into the software, and it also allows those of you who are bioinformaticians to run the software using command line tools. For those of you who may have Amazon Web Service access, you can also run CLC Genomics uh, Workbench on the C CLC Genomics Cloud module. So this allows you to integrate CLC into the cloud once again to decrease the number of turnaround time and increase the number of samples that you have. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into CLC Genomics Workbench, where we'll be talking about how we're going to import the data and download the needed databases. So here, I'm going to drag the CLC Genomics Workbench over to the side here. And the first thing we're going to talk about is how are we going to import our data? So the import button, for those of you who may be new to the software, is located on the top 
left-hand corner here indicated in the import. So when we press the import button, here we can see many options for import, whether that is to import a particular file, import tracks. And you can see that CLC2 Novix Workbench can support multiple types of NGS technology, whether that is short reads or whether that is long reads coming from Oxford Nanopore or PathBio. For today, I have reads from Illumina short read sequencing technology. So we can go ahead and press that Illumina button. The first screen that pops up is to indicate whether we want to import the reads into our workbench, so locally. If you have access to a server, the radio buttons for the server would be available. And if you are running your CLC Genomics workbench on your Amazon Cloud, you have the option of importing your reads to the CLC Genomics Cloud. So for today, I'm going to import the reads into the workbench, making sure that the radio button here is selected. Pressing next, here is where I can add my either files or my folders. So in this case, let's go ahead and click on the files where I'm going to navigate to my desktop where I have my reads ready to go and I can import my fast queues. And as you can see, these fast queue files are pair and reads. So we have R1 and R2. So I'm simply going to select the first couple and click on this open button. Now, because these are pair and reads, we need to make sure that this paired reads box is checked so that CLC Genomics Workbench can pair these reads together. After that, let's go ahead and click on Next. And this is where we can indicate whether we want to save the files, create a, a subfolders for each FASTQ samples, and whether we want to create a log as well. So let's go ahead and check all three of them together. And we can click on Next, where we can designate a folder that we want to save our imports in. So let's go ahead. I'm going to click on this XHive folder. I'm going to click on New Folder. And I'm just going to create a new folder for our live demo, making sure that the folder is selected, and click on Finished. So we can keep track of our processes in our processes tab. And here we can see the progress of any jobs that we are running, as well as the progress of these jobs. So in this case, I have a job that is happening in the background on my cloud, and we have the import happening on the top here. So once again, jumping back into my slideshow, Many of you can see that we have step-by-step -step guides of how to import your reads. So starting from the import button on the top, selecting the appropriate next generation sequencing technology, navigate to your file, and making sure that the paired reads is selected. By clicking on next, we can access options to save our files, 
making sure that if you want, you can create subfolders per batch unit, clicking on next, and we can save our files into our folder of interest. So now that we have our files imported in, let's go see what these files look like. So our live demo folder is available and you can see that every batch unit is in its own little folder. And if we open these FASTQ files, you can see it's just our sequences with the quality score associated with each nucleotide. The log allows us to look at the duration of the process. And this is useful to keep track of the benchmarking that we may have to do when we optimize specific systems. So after that, what we need to do is we need to import a metadata. So what is a metadata? So metadata is a file that is just an Excel spreadsheet that indicates what each FASTQ file represents. So in this case, we have a lot of FASTQ files, and we simply have a column here for the different locations. So once again, a metadata is simply an Excel spreadsheet that links your FASTQ files to any information you would like to link to that. And in this case, we have information for the location. So to import our metadata, what we can do is we can go ahead and run the import. And then we navigate to the metadata. This is where we can browse for our Excel spreadsheet of interest. Let's go ahead and select our Excel spreadsheet, click on OK, and we can see the Excel spreadsheet in the preview window. By clicking on next, here we can find the location of our data right here on the top. And this is where we're going to select all of our FASTQ files. So let's go ahead and select all of our FASTQ files. In the past, I've already imported in all the reads. So a tip that Sean taught me actually is to press the top folder and add the folder contents recursively and all of the contents will be added automatically. So if you have hundreds of samples, you don't have to click on the individual sample to move them. Clicking on next, you can see that the Excel spreadsheet has been associated with the elements. Now, another tip is most of the time, users would like to select the prefix. Because if you look at the name of the element, there is a paired at the end. So if we select exact, CLC Genomics Workbench is going to look for the exact match to the files. So by using prefix, CLC is matching the prefix of the file to the Excel spreadsheet. So that is another tip to make sure that you associate your metadata information correctly. So simply click on next, we can save our metadata into our folder of interest. And now in subsequent analysis, we can use that metadata 
to start to decorate our figures or to group them together. So in my slideshow, I have instructions on how to import your metadata and how to associate your metadata so that you can use that information for downstream applications. So the last thing we need to do is to import our databases. So to do so, what we can do is go to the references button on the top right hand corner. So by pressing the references button, users then can select the reference that they would like to download. So we can download genomes from model species. If we go to the Kyogen sets, this is where we can find all of the reference data sets for the Kyogen kits. So if we go down all the way to the bottom here, we can see information for the SARS-CoV-2. And if we go further down, we can see information for the Kyogen. I think I scrolled a little too far here. So let's see if I can find it. SARS-CoV-2, SARS-CoV-2. Kyocene X5. Ah, right here, all the way at the bottom. So here would be the Kyocene X5 panels. So for those of you who may be interested in the antimicrobial resistance panel, feel free to click on that and click on the download button. For those of you who may be running the X-Hype viral panels, feel free to click on the X-Hype viral panels and click on the download button where we'll be downloading the reference databases. So that's the first one. An index for our bioinformatics computation. Our host index so that we can filter out the genes that may belong to the human genome. And we also have the control genes that are included within the Kyocene x panels. So for those of you who may be running custom panels, don't worry. Later on in the presentation, we'll be going over how to generate your own slides or own databases for your custom panels. So after you've downloaded, you can simply close and you can use that database to run your workflow. So once again, what are some of the outputs that we can get from a Kyocene X-Hive workflow? We could get an OTU abundance table where we can get the combined abundance, the counts, as well as the coverage for individual accession number for our species of interest. This can be converted into a bar graph where we can aggregate the samples to combine them together. We also have a report for all of the analysis that we have done, including QC for sequencing reads, the read mapping summary, as well as the taxonomic profiling for our X-Hype samples. For those of you who may be interested in extracting the reads from a particular sample, users can select their species of interest and click on the extract reads from selection to grab all of the reads associated with a specific species. 
So perhaps you may want to use these species or these reads from a particular species to make context for downstream analysis. Users can also access the variant calling so that you can navigate for different variants that are called to see whether they result in amino acid changes. Additional analysis include alpha diversity analysis, beta diversity analysis, a differential abundance table that we can then use for a heat map construction. So with that, I think that, uh, I think it'd be a great time to take a Q&A break to see whether I can answer any questions live. Thank you, Tim. And as always, we'll also ask our attendees uh, some questions to keep things interactive, especially about speed of this uh, presentation. Um, I, I think most of you guys are set, but I'm, I'm still getting some questions about recording and such. So what I'll do is I'll paste the slides one more time in the chat box. And on slide number three, there is instruction in terms of how you can view the recording. This is something we'll be sending out through um, email as well. In terms of questions, uh, one of the attendees asked, what is in the X-hybrid viral panels? Is that an extensive reference for viral sequences? Yes, so depending on the type of panel that you're running, uh, we do have various different uh, viral targets. So for example, let me just go, go ahead and grab my slide from that. So there are actually four different X-hybrid panels that one could run. So one is for respiratory viruses. So these would be probes for 89 separate uh, viral targets. AMR, uh, X-hype panel, we have about 2,800 AMR genes. We also have a viral STI, and we also have the adventitious agents. So if you're doing uh, bioreactors or biotechnology processing, you may want to use this panel to look for um, agents of interest. And for those of you who may be interested in looking at the exact species that are available for each different panels, feel free to contact us and we can send you the information for what species are covered for each individual panels. So hopefully that answers your question and please feel free to use the Q&A box if you have additional questions about the species available for the panels. Another question was something you just kind of showed, how do you access the heat maps, alpha and beta graphics? Yeah, absolutely. So in my slideshow, and this is something that I'll be going over uh, in uh, later on in the presentation, but since it's been asked, for those of you who have CLC Genomics Workbench, under the microbial genomics module, you can access all of those tools under metagenomics, abundance analysis, and this is where you can get alpha, beta, statistical analysis for beta diversity, differential abundance analysis, and then create heat map or abundance tables. So this is how you can access those different tools that I've shown. Wonderful. 
for more questions, as Tim pointed out, please use Q&A box. Tim, I know you have more things you need to go over, so I'll turn it back to you. And to our attendees, we'll take another live Q&A uh, Q break very soon. Thank you very much, Dev. And thank you, everybody, for participating in the polls, for asking great questions. Uh, really appreciate your participation. So let's go back and let's look at the workflow for the viral panels. So now that we've seen the results, one thing that, of course, many of you in the audience may ask is, well, what are the tools associated with this workflow? So the first thing that we're going to do in this workflow is, of course, trim our reads, whether that is to trim for quality or to trim off our adapters from our reads. After we have processed our reads, we're going to then do our taxonomic profiling to see what are the species present in our different samples from our X-Hype um, samples. Of course, in our kit, we have some human controlled genes that we're going to use to map to see whether there are any contaminants. Downstream, we're going to find the best references using remapping. And then we're going to map those reads to the best reference. So this would be the most abundant species in your samples. And then we're going to use that for variant detection. And of course, in this workflow, we're also going to generate a QC report. So let's jump back into the software to see how we can access this workflow and how we can initiate this workflow. So once again, let's go ahead and navigate to our toolbox. And there are two different sections here. So let me go ahead and collapse these. So the first section here is the template workflow. So here, users can find pre-built workflows that may be useful for you to initiate your analysis and your studies, whether that is for metagenomics, whether that's amplicon-based sequencing, whether that's MLST. If you're looking for individual tools, so if you just want to run, let's say, an alpha diversity analysis or beta diversity analysis, those individual tools would be in the tools section below. So since we are going to run our Chiasic X-Hive workflow, let's go ahead and expand on our microbial workflows. And here you can see that we have analysis for taxonomic profiling. So for those of you who may be doing whole shotgun sequencing, there are tools and workflows available for you to analyze your whole shotgun sequencing analysis. Here you can see the Chiasic analysis. So let's go ahead and expand. And we have a workflow for our viral panel data on the top and for our AMR markers on the bottom here. So let's go ahead and double click on this viral panel data. And once again, our first screen, we can choose where we want to run our analysis, whether that is on our computer, whether that's on a server, or that's on the Amazon cloud. Clicking on next, here is where we can select our sample reads. So although this looks quite daunting, you may say, oh, Tim, there are actually 13 steps here. 
It's actually very simple. The first we're going to do is we're going to select our reads and our reference data. Then we're going to validate our reference set. So that's from five to eight. Then we're going to set up the parameters and then we're going to save. So let's go through these different sections together. The first one is we're going to select our sample reads. So our graphical user interface is guiding us through the setup with the analysis. Let's go ahead and select the reads that we have imported in. Now we can select our reference data. So we can simply click on our x height viral panels. Now notice that if you haven't downloaded this panel or if you forgot to download it from the references tab on the top here, you can also download this to your workbench from the button available on the middle of the section. Clicking on next, here we can configure our batching. So let's go ahead and find our metadata that we have imported in. So in this case, I've associated various different data sets. So this is why it's not letting me use it. But you can select your metadata and use the elements within metadata to configure your batching. For now, let me just go ahead and use the organization of the input data so that each data is going to be processed individually. Some of you may be wondering, why do I need to configure our batching? So some customers that I've worked with require sequencing in different lanes on an NGS machine, or they need to resequence their samples to get enough sequencing depth. So in that case, you can use the metadata field to combine your samples together so that they're processed in conjunction and combined with one another. So clicking on next, you can see that because we have already designated what our reference data sets are, this is already pre-filled with our viral taxonomic profiling index. Clicking on next, what we can do is we can validate the human index. So remember, we want to filter out our human reads. Our viral reference database there are four elements because there are four separate panels that one could run. So if we click on this button, you can see that these correspond to the monkeypox, to the respiratory viral panel that is offered by Kaiosi, the adventitious viral panel, as well as the STI panel. So you can feel free to include all of them or select the one that's the most appropriate for your analysis. Clicking on next, once again, the human control genes are going to be included already because we have downloaded the Kaiaseq reference data set. Now we can configure our analysis. So the last two, the last three windows are for our analysis. The first one is to configure our trim reads. So once again, are we going to use the quality score to trim our quality limit? And if we have any adapters that we like to trim off. Now, if you're unfamiliar with any of these processes, 
feel free to click on the help button. And that allows you to access the help for that particular tool. So in this case, it goes into details about the trim reads tool. And you can read about the quality trimming and learn about the processes involved with trimming for quality. So clicking on next, now we can configure our taxonomic profiling. So whether we want to filter our host reads or not. For the variant detection, many of these may be difficult for you for the uh, newer scientists in data analysis. Feel free to click on that help button where you can learn about the various different um, parameters for this particular process. After that, go ahead and click on next where we can click on save, create a workflow, resolve metadata, and then create a log for this process. And then at the end, we can simply click on the folder of interest and click on finish. And once again, we can go back to our processes to keep track of the progress of our analysis. But for today, let's go ahead and pause this and I'm going to actually stop it. And let's go through some of the results that we can produce from this workflow. So the first one is going to be the OTU abundance table. Many customers who run a Kaya-Seq panel want to know the species in their samples. So in our OTU abundance table, what we can see is every single sample on the top row here represented in our merged abundance table. So there are three values that may be of interest to you. So let's go ahead and scroll back to the beginning here. So of course, in our first columns, we are going to have the name of this species, the taxonomy classification, and the assembly ID for that particular mapping. The next column here is the combined abundance. So this is going to combine all of your samples together and look at the counts, the sum of the counts for the different species. The next column here is going to be our raw counts. So how many reads do we have mapped to that particular assembly ID? And then we scroll just a little bit to the right here, we're going to see coverage information. So how deeply covered are these different samples? So many of you may be wondering, well, if we look at the left-hand side here, there are a lot of repeats here, right? So if we look at influenza, there are a lot of influenzas that are repeated with one another. And that's because each one is represented by a different assembly ID. So if you want to aggregate these together, what users can do is, I'm gonna collapse the show column here, is we can aggregate the features so let me highlight this section here. Two species. So if we use the drop-down menu, we can aggregate them into species so that now we can look at at a species level, how many different counts do we have? So you can see the different uh, viruses that are detected in our different samples using our different panels. 
Likewise, we can also aggregate our samples based on that metadata that we have included in the beginning. So perhaps we want to aggregate them based on location. So we can see that our first location A, we aggregate them together, location B, and so on and so forth. So, forth. so you do not have to rerun your analysis to perform all of these downstream applications. So of course, having these raw numbers are great, and we can export these using the export button. But many of you may be interested in producing a graphics for your data. So on the bottom here, we can also produce a abundance table, sorry, a bar graph to represent our abundance table. And once again, this is where we can look at the relative abundance. Once again, we can change the display of our data, how we want to aggregate the features, and how we want to aggregate the samples. So in this case, we have already aggregated the samples based on location, but of course we can toggle this to the samples so that they are all separated out as well. We can also aggregate the features based on species so that we can get species level information out of our x hide data. So in addition to our OTU abundance table and our bar graph, we also have a starburst graph. So this produces a really nice graphical interpretation of your data all the way down to the species level. And if you want, feel free to select one at a time to generate these different uh, starburst graphs for your presentation. Our analysis also comes with a combined report. So this is where users can look at the QC for the sequencing needs. So how is my coverage? Are there any ambiguous base contents for my reads? And this is important to evaluate your downstream results to see whether you need to either reprocess your samples or perhaps sequence deeper. Additional informational interest may be this taxonomic profiling. So this will allow you to look at the number of species, genus, family, et cetera, et cetera, from your samples. And if we scroll all the way down to the bottom a little bit more, you'll get more information about the classification of breeds, how many of them are classified in our taxonomic profiling, how, of them, how many of them are not classified. So and how many of them are matching to our host as well. So as you may imagine, many of these samples may cluster to our host because we collect them from our wastewater samples. So we can also, once again, extract the reads from a selection. So once you have conducted your OTU clustering, you may want to extract the reads for downstream analysis. So feel free to select the row, extract the reads, and use any of the toolboxes available to do your downstream analysis. We also have an interactive track display that allows users to look at variants that are detected for their samples. So for example, what we can do is we can open up the variant track as a table form, and this allows users to start to navigate to see 
where their different variants are called, the reads that support those variants. And then we move this a little bit to the bottom here, whether these variants result in amino acid change here on the bottom. So we can look at these different variants. And as you can see, this particular one has been called and results in a amino acid change in this particular sample. And of course, we've already talked about the alpha, beta, um, differential expression table, as well as the heat map for that. So let's go back to the slideshow and just refresh our memory for how we ran our viral panel workflow, where we first started with our trim reads. We then performed taxonomic profiling. We mapped the reads to our human control genes. And then with the taxonomic profiling, we're going to look for the best references so that we can map the reads to the best reference and then conduct a variant detection. And remember, all of our processes result in a QC report that's generated that we can then combine together into one. So in our first screen, we're going to choose where to perform our analysis, clicking on next. We can then select our reads, select our reference data set, in this case, the X-Hype viral panels. We can then use our metadata where we can select how we're going to process the individual sample in our batch unit overview. We can then just verify the various different references. For example, the viral taxonomic profiling index, the host index, the reference databases that you may select the appropriate ones to use, and then the human control genes as well. The next two slides or the next two windows are going to be for trim reads parameters as well as the taxonomic profiling. And then we have our variant detection parameters. And at the end, we can create a log, save our location. And then this is where we can get our results, including our OTU table. So in the slideshow, I've described various different elements within this table. The OTU bar graph, where we can filter for different displays, aggregate different samples together. And then we can look at the downstream abundance analysis. So with that, I think this is a good time to take a short Q&A break to see if there are any questions that I can answer uh, live. Thank you, Tim. And we will also take this opportunity to ask one more question to our audience. I know that Tim has more things that Tim will be going over, but based on what you saw so far, is CLC Genomics Workbench something valuable to you? Do you think that you see yourself using something like this? So that's the question we have uh, launched through um, poll. Um, so this is something Sean is answering to one of the attendees, but I think it can benefit all the attendees. Is it possible to change the labels in, I'm sorry, is it possible to change the bar graph legend names? So the legend names here, you can display it, but
but to change these, uh, there's no way to actually go in and, and edit these because they're based off of the analysis here. So if you would like to change these, my suggestion would be to export this as a graphics. Sorry, for graphics, we use the graphics button here where you can either export the whole area or the visible area and use um, a third-party application to change the names. So that is one way to do so. So a lot of times you can see that these sequencing names may be a little bit difficult. So one thing you can do is just export that as graphics and then just re-enter the names using uh, another software. And to the attendee who asked this question, we would love to know some of the applications for doing such things, right? Like, you know, why do you want to change it? Like, are there other types of names that you prefer to see it there? Or did we just misunderstand your question, right? So we would love to know that. Um, other question is, what if someone has whole uh, metagenomics data? So, so if you have whole metagenomics data, feel free to use the metagenomics and then the taxonomic uh, analysis tool here. So we have workflows for whether you have uh, data QC and then you want to remove background reads, or if you have data QC and you just want to perform taxonomic profiling. So the great thing about CLC Genomics Workbench is that once you learn how to run one analysis, all of the analysis are pretty similar in terms of the flow of the setup. So double click on that. You can see that the user, the wizard guided user interface tells you exactly what you need for the analysis and what the parameters are for the particular workflow. So feel free to use that to analyze your whole shotgun sequencing data. All right. And then uh Another question that like very often comes up for something like CLC, which offers so many different tools and pipelines is contrary to all those tools and pipelines, a person might be interested in a different algorithm or tool or functionality. Can you integrate external tools into CLC? Absolutely. So for a lot of the customers I've worked with, um, a lot of the bioinformaticians, they like to process their data using CLC and then wrap their external applications within the software. So for those users, what they have is they have the CLC genomic server, which allows them to wrap an external application into the software so that once they, let's say, finish analyzing their OTU clustering, they can use a different external application for their downstream analysis. So it's definitely a possibility with this CLC genomic server. Wonderful. So to our attendees, thank you so much for all the questions. Continue typing your questions in the Q&A box, and we will take even more questions live at the end of this presentation. So with that, I know, Tim, there, there are even more things you want to go over. So turning it right back to you. Thank you very much, Deb. And thank you very much, Sean, Deb, Brittany, for monitoring the Q&A box. And thank you to the attendees for participating in the polls, for asking great questions in the Q&A box and uh, keep those questions coming. So the last thing I want to talk about before we move into the custom panels, and I know that many of you in the audience may be wondering how we can run custom panels. But before that, 
I just want to mention once again that there are downstream abundance analysis that we can do, whether that is for alpha diversity, beta diversity, statistics for permanova for the beta diversity, whether you want to know how your samples are different across all of them, and generating a heat map for these different views. So remember, all of these tools are available. And within CLC Genomics Workbench, because these are tools, they would be under the tools section, the microbial genomics module. And then this is where you'll be able to find the individual tools. So in this case, they would be under the uh, metagenomics, abundance analysis. And let's say if you want to perform your alpha diversity, again, Everything is going to be wizard driven, so we can see what elements we need. So it looks like we need an abundance table. We can select our parameters, our rare fraction uh, analysis, and then we can save. So all of these are going to be similar for all of these different alpha diversity, beta diversity, your differential abundance analysis, and your create heat map. So feel free to play around with these different parameters and see what types of results that you can generate from your Chiaseq X-Hive analysis. So the last thing I want to mention is that with the Chiaseq microbial panels, of course, we have four different panels. You can either run the respiratory X-Hive microbial panels, the AMR, viral STI, so sexually transmitted infections, as well as the adventitious agents. So all four of them are compatible with the Chiaseq X-Hive uh, workflow. For those of you who may be wanting to try out Chiaseq CLC Genomics Workbench without data, I just want to point you to this particular SRA study where they used Chiaseq X-Hive AMR panel to generate data. So if you want to try to download a couple of them, use Kaijin CLC Genomics Workbench just to get a feel of the software. Underneath the download button, you can search for reads in SRA and download these individual samples to try out and just to get a feel of the software. And perhaps you may want to import your own samples into the software to try it out as well. So, Many of you in the audience may be interested in looking at how to modify an existing workflow to accommodate custom panels. So in this case, I have downloaded sample data from this paper where they used contrived metagenomic samples and they combined that with human samples. And for today, I've downloaded reads from samples spiked with influenza A, and I also have the dengue virus as well. So in the past, in the Chiaseq X-Hive panel, we were able to download our reference data sets from that reference button, right? But unfortunately for a custom panel or from a panel from another uh, third-party uh, supplier, how are we gonna generate our reference database so that we can use that to analyze our data? So the first option is to download a custom microbial reference database. And how do we do that? So let's jump on back into the database. 
So underneath the microbial genomics module tool, what we can see is that there is a particular subfolder here that is called the databases. So let me use my annotation. So this is where you can download a lot of the different databases for microbial genomics analysis. So if we expand on this folder, so let's expand on this folder, we can see that there are databases available for MLST. Some of you have already used CLC for MLST, so thank you very much. Many of you may be running 16S, 18S, ITS clustering, so those are going to be from the EMPACOM-based analysis. And then here is our taxonomic analysis. The last one I want to mention is the drug resistance. So for many of you who may be interested in AMR analysis, you'll be able to find databases associated with AMR under that subfolder. So if we expand the taxonomic analysis subfolder, we can see that we can download either the curated microbial reference database or a custom microbial reference database. So if you have a custom panel, feel free to select the custom microbial reference database. And once again, it's going to indicate where you would like to download this database. Clicking on next, we can either include all plasmids. So some customers I've worked with, their species have horizontal transfer of acquired different genes, different AMRs. So they're interested in, in analyzing plasmids as well. I've also have customers who just want genomic information for the species. So they would may perhaps want to exclude plasmids. So depending on your analysis, you may want to include all or exclude the plasmid information. And of course, because we're building a database, we're going to leave this skip database builder unchecked. Clicking on next, here we can either build our database using tax IDs, IDs from GenBank or from RevSeq. So for those of you who may be unfamiliar with GenBank or RevSeq IDs, these are going to be IDs that start with either GCA or GCF. So feel free to list either your tax IDs, your GCA or your GCF for your custom panels. If you are unfamiliar with these different accession numbers, feel free to use taxonomy matching. So each line would be a different species. So you can either build off of a tax ID or build off of uh, taxonomy matching. And then make sure that whichever one you select, you select the appropriate radio button. So once you click on finish, then the uh, database will be downloaded and then you'll be able to use that database for your workflow. So of course, in my slideshow, I've talked a little bit about each different options for you. And then once it's formed, you'll be able to use that for your analysis. The second option is to download NCBI sequences. So you can do that within that download button. So we've introduced that at the earlier in the presentation for downloading our reads in SRA. But now we can also search for sequences in NCBI as well. 
So here, let's go back to our software where we can see that for our download button here, we can download sequences at NCBI. And for that paper, they nicely provided an Excel spreadsheet of all of the different species. And what I've done is I just copied that list into this field. We can start the search. Oh, and then we can download all of the different references seen in the PowerPoint. And with that, we can click on the download me button and then we can download all of the different sequences together. The third option is to update attributes in the list. So let's say if you have a fast A file that your collaborators have shared with you. So you have the sequences, you have the names, you just need the taxonomy information. There is a tool here that is the update sequence uh, attributes in list. Use that to update your FASTA file to include your taxonomy information to use for your analysis. And of course, in my slideshow, I have instructions on how to set that up to add your information to your attributes or to your uh, FASTA list as well. Now, after you have generated your database, so whether that is from option one, from our custom microbial database, option two, the search NCBI, or option three, importing your custom FASTA file and then updating the attributes. Remember to create a taxonom taxonomic profiling index. So all this does is it converts your FASTA list with all of your different attributes to an index so that we can use it for our analysis. So for custom panels, rather than using a Kaya-seq workflow, the workflow that we're going to do and use is the Analyze Viral Hybrid Capture Panel. So in this case, let's go ahead and go back into our software. If we look at the metagenomics workflow, we can see the Analyze Hybrid Capture Panel data. So if we double click on it, this is how we can access the tool and set up our tool. But one thing that we may want to delete from this workflow is this map reads to human controlled genes. So perhaps your custom panel may not have any controlled genes and you may want to remove that tool from this workflow. In order to do so, what we can do is we can right click on that particular workflow and we can open a copy of this workflow. So this workflow is very similar to the Kaya-seq workflow where we start off by trimming our reads. We then do a taxon of profiling. And in this case, we have a step where we are going to map the reads to the human controlled genes. But if you don't have this particular process in your custom panels, feel free to delete this from your workflow. And then everything else is the same where we can find the best references using read mapping. We can map the reads to our best reference and then we can do our variant detection. So jumping back into the software, this is where we can go down and locate this map reads to the hum human controlled genes. 
simply click on it, click on delete, and then we can delete any additional downstream elements that may cause any problems. So here we're just removing anything associated with that human control genes. So after that, this workflow is modified so that if you don't have any human control genes, you can use this to analyze your data. And of course, there's a warning that this must be safe. So let's go ahead and right-click, save as, and then we're just gonna put it in today's live demo. So now that you have saved this workflow, you can run your custom panel analysis. So in this case, let's go ahead and double click on the tool. You can also press this run button. So let's go ahead and run it. We're going to select where to run this. So again, on our workbench, selecting next, we can select our reads. So let me go ahead and collapse our X hive and go to our custom panels where we can select these different reads that I've downloaded. Remember, one set is going to be for the influenza A. The next set is going to be for dengue virus. Next, we can configure our batching, where either we can use the organization of the input data if each individual FASTQ file is representing one sample, or we can use the metadata associated with these files. So if we do that, Round one, this would be in our custom panels. Then we could configure based on any of the headers associated. So this is where you can combine FASTQ files if you have to combine them for resequency purposes, combining links, etc. So once again, each individual file is going to be processed separately. And then we have a similar setup here where we can Crim our reads, text them like profiling, find the best reference using read mappings, and then the low frequency detection. So heading next, here we can find our reference index. So this would be that index that you have created after building your database, either through the custom microbial database either through downloading from NCBI or from updating the attributes in the list that you have imported into COC Genomics Workbench. So if I go to the reference sequences, here is my index that I have created. If I want to filter out the host genome, so if I want to filter out reads associated with human genomes, I can do so as well. So in the past, I've already created a human genome index, which is in my reference data set. So I'm going to use that for this process. Next, we're going to let this workflow know what is our reference list. So remember, this would be the list that you have created either from custom microbial database, either from NCBI, or either from your import of FASTA file. So selecting that. Next, this is the low frequency variant detection parameters. 
that we're going to leave as default. Clicking on next, we can save the result. Remember to create a log. And then let's go ahead and click on that live demo folder that we created earlier and click on finish. Remember, you can keep the tr keep track of the progress by clicking on this processes tab. And this is where you can keep the progress uh, in check. So I'm going to go ahead and stop this and show you the results from our custom panel. So I'm going to collapse this folder, open up the custom panels, and show you the results. So of course, in this case, we have the reads that are mapped to the host, any that are unclassified. But many of you may just be interested in the abundance table. And once again, we have two sets of reads. The first set is going to be for the dengue virus. And we can see that these samples nicely only contain reads for dengue virus right here and right here. The next set is going to be our influenza. And what's really interesting is that influenza is very closely associated with beta coronavirus. And I know that we're all tired of hearing about coronavirus. But because influenza A is closely related to MERS, we get many reads clusters through here as well. So perhaps if you're looking at designing custom panels, this may be something to evaluate to see whether a particular custom panel may be useful for detecting your specific species of interest. And remember, we can always aggregate these features together. So perhaps you may want to aggregate them based on species or perhaps based on genus to group them together. We can also display this as a bar graph. And again, in this case, we've aggregated them based on class, but you can go all the way down to species to see how they look. And of course, we can color these based on species as well. And once again, these two are going to be for dengue virus, and these two are going to be for the um, influenza as well. And of course, we also have the starburst pl uh, plot where you can plot individual samples. So if you just want to compare samples with one another, you can generate them and export them for graphical interpretation. So this is analyzing custom panels using CLC Genomics Workbench. So today we have gone over how to use CLC Genomics Workbench to analyze your capture technology sequencing data, whether these data come from a KIOS panel or whether these data come from a custom panel from third party or a designed panel, regardless of where you get your hybrid capture data you can use CLC Genomic Workbench for your data analysis. So with that, I just want to thank you once again for your attention. And if you have any questions, I would love to take them uh, for live Q&A. Thank you. And what we will do at this time is we will paste a SurveyMonkey link in the chat box. So if in addition to feedback you provided today, uh, you want to provide written feedback, something you might have liked about this training, something 
we should have done differently, something we should uh, include in future training in terms of another topic, another pipeline, please let us know through um, SurveyMonkey. Uh, and then for Q&A, as we've been pointing out, Q&A box is at the bottom of the screen. So if you guys have questions, please paste questions there. One thing that I know Tim sometimes get asked is, you know, uh, what if someone wants to bring data outside from CLC, right? So in your case, you generated abundance table within CLC from past files. Uh, what if someone, you know, gets it from bioinformatics core or contract research organization and they have abundance table from there? Can they bring that into CLC and then do downstream uh, visualization that you showed today? Yep, absolutely. So if we go back to the software, we can see that there's this import button here. And what we can do is we go to standard import. This is where we can import in our um, abundance table of interest. Um, and what we can do is we can use this force import as type. And this is where you can force it as ASV. So if you're looking at the amplicon sequence variant abundance table, or if you scroll down to a little bit lower, there's the OTU abundance table. So some customers I've worked with, they do get their abundance tables um, for them. And this is how they import that in for the visualization um, in CLC. Wonderful. And um, in terms of help, like this is something you covered, but what type of help do we offer to our customers? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a team of technical support uh, scientists and they're available 20 hours out of 24 hours. And you can contact them through this help. And then there's the contact support button. And this is where you can uh, list your email, subject, and your message to the support. And this is a great way to contact technical support because you can attach elements to the email. So if there's an error that comes up, you can attach that error log to the contact support email so that they can help you troubleshoot. But feel free to contact technical support if you have any bioinformatics help as well. So if you're curious about a particular process or particular tool or particular algorithm, feel free to contact technical support um, as well. So again, that's going to be through help, contact to support, and then this is where you can email contact support. And if you're interested in tutorials, there's a link here. And there's also a link um, provided by Dev at the beginning of this slideshow to access these different tutorials. Wonderful. And a small note on that is in addition to that, you know, if your institution has CLC license or is interested in evaluating it, you can also uh, speak with your Kaijin rep and your Kaijin rep can uh, set up like a custom training for or custom demo for you and your group. So that's another option as well. So in terms of questions, I don't see any more questions. Many thanks to all of you who attended this training. Many thanks to Tim for this wonderful uh, presentation, Sean and Brittany for sticking around and answering all of the technical as well as licensing related questions. Uh, 
yeah, we hope to see you guys in future trainings. And one last time, please fill up the survey. Uh, it really helps us understand your sentiments better uh, after training such as this. Thank you very much, everybody.